Hi guys, welcome to the Simply Be podcast. I'm Ellen and I'm so glad you're here. We're in our fourth week of our Lent series. We're reading the Gospel of John together three chapters a week. The first week we talked all about Lent and the last two weeks we read and reflected on John 1 through 3 and then John 4 through 6. If you miss any of those episodes, go back and check them out. This week we're talking about John chapters 7, 8, and 9. We're going to break it down with three takeaways and then three things to think about. So the first takeaway, so we start in chapter 7. Jesus begins teaching at the Feast of Tabernacles. So he didn't go there and make a big entrance. He actually waited and went after his disciples. And when he did arrive, he did it in secret. He really didn't want to be seen by anyone. But then he finally came forth to teach. And when he was teaching, the Jews began to question like how he knew so much, even though he didn't study like the other Jewish leaders had. In verse 16, in chapter 7, he responds by saying, My teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Then in John 7, 18, Jesus said, He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Jesus then calls out the Jewish leaders for saying that they follow the law but at the same time, wanted to kill him. I mean, seems completely contradictory, right? I mean, it totally is. So what does this mean for us? Are we saying things to build ourselves up, to brag, to make ourselves look good? Are we trying to impress people? What's motivating the things we're saying? Jesus sought to honor God in everything he did and in everything he said. And that is something that we should think about as we're out in the world. And, you know, it just doesn't mean that if we're on a big stage or have some sort of platform or formal leadership type role, it's in our everyday lives. This should really matter to us. You know, do we kind of like these Jewish leaders? I mean, do we tell people we're Christian? Do we wear, you know, cross necklaces, go to church or part of a youth group on Sundays? Yet, are we gossiping? Are we talking behind people's back? Um, Are we tempted to cheat on a test? Do we act rude to people, um, especially people that are different than us? That's exactly what Jesus is talking about to the Jewish leaders. They said they believe in God, yet their actions seem to contradict that in the fact that they constantly questioned Jesus, his teachings, and they did not believe that he was the Messiah. Do we sometimes behave like those Jewish leaders? Here's something to think about. Are we honoring God with our words, attitudes, and behaviors? Or are we in it for ourselves? Are we doing and saying things to prop ourselves up and impress others? Okay, so on to our second takeaway. So Jesus is once again calling out the Jews and how they're using the law. At the beginning of John 8, the Pharisees and other teachers of the law brought a woman to Jesus who had committed adultery which basically means she broke her marriage promise to her husband. And this action goes against the Ten Commandments, which you can find in Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is in the Old Testament. The leaders were trying to set up Jesus, and they were also putting the sins of this woman on display. So here's Jesus' response in John 8, verse 7. 
If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Yikes. Have you ever heard someone say that phrase? Maybe one of your parents? Well, now you know that it comes directly from Jesus, and we're reading it right here in Scripture. The Jewish leaders of that day were experts in the law, and sticking to the letter of the law was their thing. But they weren't necessarily um, having a real heart and love for God. They were all about the rules. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, was standing right in front of them, teaching them about God, doing miracles, and telling them who He was, and they couldn't get out of their own way. They kept getting hung up on the wrong things, like calling out that Jesus did a miracle on the Sabbath when they weren't supposed to do work, or in this moment, they were trying to trick Jesus or trap Him to see if Jesus would make note of a commandment being broken and condemn this woman so publicly as they clearly wanted to do. The reality is we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, which is written in scripture. It's written in Romans 3.23. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But aren't we all really, really quick to call out the wrongdoings of others? Especially when from our point of view, their bad behavior is way worse than anything that we've ever done, right? Or so we think. Jesus hates sin. He doesn't want us to go on sinning. But he's also not here to condemn, to punish us. Remember on the cross, he took all the punishment for our sin. He became the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be reconciled with God, receive forgiveness that we didn't deserve, And now we have the gift of eternal life. Look at what he said at the end of this section in verse 10. Jesus said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? All the Jewish leaders had walked away. Clearly, none of them are without sin. And then Jesus said, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Here's something to think about. Are we quick to call out the wrongdoings of others while ignoring our own stuff, our own bad behavior? Why is that so easy to do sometimes? So in our last key takeaway in chapter nine, it begins with the story of Jesus healing the blind man. I think it's really interesting that the first thing we read is that Jesus's disciples are asking Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. I mean, that would never cross my mind, but apparently back in that day, some thought physical ailments or likely any suffering in life were due to sin, like like you were directly being punished. But Jesus quickly corrected that thought process. In verse three, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. The reality is, is that there's suffering and suffering is part of the world because sin is part of the world. I don't believe God causes suffering in order to get glory, but that through those things, he uses them and he uses us in big and unexpected ways. God uses our weakness to draw us closer to him. God wants to reveal his glory to us and to others, even in our sickness our weakness, our disability, our hardships, our tragedies. 
Romans 28, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And when we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Tough things and situations don't happen in our life because we're being punished by God. The enemy is at work all the time. And if we let the enemy, he can move us far away from God during these times, during these struggles, during the things that are hard in our life. But in these struggles is when we need God the most. And when we say we have faith, this is when we have to lean into it. And oddly enough, when we do that, we see God move in the most incredible ways. Here's something to think about. Is there something hard you've experienced or are experiencing that God has used or is currently using to draw you closer to Him? There's, there's been so many moments in my life that I can think of that I remember in the moment just really crying out and, and questioning and, and angry at a situation. And, and why, did, why did this happen? And sometimes you don't see what God is teaching you, what He's preparing you for um, until the time has passed. And He really is um, getting all the glory in what comes after. Um, And so that's just something to think about. So our three things to think about are number one, are we honoring God with our words, attitudes, and behaviors? Or are we in it for ourselves? Number two, are we quick to call out the wrongdoings of others while ignoring our own stuff? Why is that so easy to do sometimes? And then number three, is there something hard you've experienced or, or are experiencing in your life that God has used or is currently using to draw you closer to Him? I hope you've enjoyed reading chapter 7, 8, and 9 this week. Um, next week, we're going to be focusing on John chapters 10, 11, and 12. See you back here next week.